Well, we're beginning. Last week was the first episode, but we're now in episode two of The Secret of Paradise Cove. Now, I want to show you a map of Paradise Cove, okay? Now, this is an artistic rent. I'm just kidding. This is something that I did. I am not an artist, but it kind of looks like the island. And it is about 30 miles east of Martinique in the Caribbean island. Martinique is in the far end from us of what they call the Lesser Antilles. So all those islands in the Caribbean that's on the far eastern side. And we see a lighthouse up here. Here's the cove, the Paradise Cove. This is the island. It's got a number of tennis courts. And uh, this is soccer. It's not basketball, if you were wondering. This is soccer and baseball, softball. We've got three mountains, you know, large hills on the island. It's only about two miles in length. And I'm going to be referring this as I go through the story so you have an idea as far as what we're talking about and where we are. Okay? Well, Caleb's boat pulled up to the dock here in the cove, and all of the kids began coming off the boat, just so excited and squealing as they gathered their belongings. They had gathered about 40 kids from the orphanage that they had been funding in Martinique, the very one where their great-great-grandfather had been a, 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 an orphan in. And they pulled all of these kids together as they unloaded. They went up the winding, oh, let me just hold it here. They went up the winding road here in their little, you know, cart. Some of them walked, you know, the golf carts uh, with all the, yeah, this is working out well. Um, here we go. And they were just so excited. And Caleb, as he had his bags with him, walked in. And there to his right in the lobby was a huge pirate ship with a huge hole in it, and the mast was broken, and there was a guy inside who was an electrician working on the lighting. <clears throat> and Caleb introduces himself, and the other guy my name's Jorge Sanchez. Pleasure to meet you. I'm the head electrician, kind of like second in command on this island. Um, and we're so excited to have you guys. And I understand, Jorge says, that you guys uh, are, are the leaders here. And now understand, it's Caleb David, Lizzie, and five other counselors with these 40 kids. So it's not just the three, all right? That would be a nightmare, wouldn't it? And so there, he says, I understand you guys are here with the orphanage from Martinique. I was actually a part of that orphanage for a few years before I got adopted. And uh, I'm, I just want you to know what you guys are doing is such an amazing idea. Such an amazing uh, opportunity for these kids. And, and Caleb and he began to chat a little bit. And then an older gentleman walks up to them and he steps back and he says, Caleb, is that you, Caleb? And Caleb turns around and he says, why, yes. And he says, well, my name is Mr. Jim uh, Stevenson. Mr. Stevenson, it's a pleasure to finally meet you in person. They had been talking about this, um, this conference, this camp now for months and months, and finally it was a reality. 
Mr. Stevenson said, well, obviously I'm the one who owns the island here, and I just want you to know this is a dream come true for us. I've owned this island for about 10 years, but it was about six years ago that I had an event in my life that completely changed me. I encountered the living Jesus, and he changed my life, and he changed my wife's life. And so for the last six years, we've been following Jesus. And about five years ago, God made it clear that we were supposed to take this island, and we are supposed to use it for camps like this. So I want you to know that I'm just so excited for you guys to be here and for you guys to be doing this. And I want you to know I've been praying so much for you. I'm excited for what you're doing. And Caleb and he were talking and he said, you know, I want to ask you something. Um, you're, you're heading this up, but do you need a place where you can just relax and get away and kind of put studies and talks together and such? And Caleb looked at him and he said, well, I, I am bunking with three other guys and it might get a little bit hectic. I, I thought I would find some quiet place around here. It's beautiful. I mean, five stories and bedrooms everywhere. And Mr. Stevenson said, well, I tell you what, come follow me. I want to take you up to the fifth floor. Now, the elevator in the lobby only goes up to the fourth floor because the fifth floor, well, that's where my wife and I live. I don't want to take you there. Can I do that? And they walk down to the end of the hallway, and they climb into a private elevator that only he and certain other workers have a key to. And he, he says, when they reach to the first, reach to the fifth floor, a short little hallway, they open double doors right into a beautiful living room and off to the right, a bedroom. You can see it has a balcony view of the ocean. And he says, I want to show you something. He takes him over to the left and he pulls two sliding doors aside and it is a study. A large study, kind of like a library with a desk in there and maps and books everywhere. And he says, I want to allow you to use this study. My wife and I were, we're here in this island for maybe two months out of the year. My business, um, with computer software takes me so many places and we travel so much and visit our kids and grandkids. We're going to be gone. I'll be back in a few weeks, but we will be gone. And I want you to know, I want to allow you to use this place. And he hands them a key to the, to the elevator to be able to come up. And when Caleb was in that room, there was something about that room. It just felt so warm and homey and cozy. It would be a perfect place for him to study. Mr. Stevenson said, well, I tell you what, many of the books that you see here were left here. I kind of inherited. And what's really cool is that some of them are over 200 years old. And I want to show you one. It's not quite 200 years old, but I want to show you this one right here in the section. It's, it's about pirates in the Caribbean. And this one is called The Real Stories of the Pirates of the Caribbean. And one in particular, in the very end in the uh, table of contents here, it says, it's, it's a chapter all about Captain Avery Scott. And Caleb says, Captain Avery Scott, that name sounds so familiar. Maybe I just came across it in my studies. But I, I guess, I remember something about him. Well, Mr. Stevenson said he was the last pirate to roam these waters before the United, before the U.S. Navy and the British Navy teamed up and pretty much secured the entire Caribbean Sea and kicked out all of the pirates. And I see that you have a theme of pirates going on in your 
camp here. And David said, well, yes, it's a theme of pirates, but really it's, it's the destruction of the pirates and how the U.S. Navy and American Navy pushed them out. And this camp is entitled Kingdom Conquest. And so I'm looking forward to the kids knowing how through Jesus Christ they can overcome the enemy, who back then were the pirates. But now it's it's the enemy, it's Satan. Mr. Stevenson said, well, I, I really admire you taking this on, and, and we're excited that you're doing this. Caleb looked at his watch, and he said, Mr. Stevenson, I've got to head downstairs. We're going to have lunch, and but thank you so much for this opportunity. You took the key, and off you went. Well, after lunch, they had some games, and I showed you some of these places here for recreation. And afterwards, Caleb pulled together his sister and 10 other uh, campers, and they sailed. They were going to sail around the island. What an amazing adventure they would have. So they headed around, and there's three beaches here. There's one here, one in the cove, and one along the side, ending right here at the at the house that's up kind of on about a 50-foot-high uh, plateau, cliffs on the sides here. Uh, I don't know if you can tell, but that means it's a cliff right there, just if you were wondering. And they sailed around here, and they came to this right here. If you can't understand my scribbles, this is a lighthouse. Okay, this is a lighthouse, and they sailed around the lighthouse, and one of the kids said, well, what does a lighthouse do um, so that the uh, sailors can see where they're going? And Caleb says, well, actually, it's so that they don't crash into the island, and there's a number of rocks over here and, and uh, coral reefs and such, and so they want to make sure that they don't crash. So they come around here, and they, they, they sail past the lagoon. The lagoon looks like it's 30 feet deep, and there's cliffs, and Caleb looks at Lizzie, and said, I know where we're going to go cliff diving. This is going to be awesome. And right around in here, there is a coral reef. And he says, okay, kids, we're, we're weighing anchor, and this is where we're going to be swimming. And if you have any goggles and snorkel, this is the place to do it. And so they dive, and the reef is about 20 feet under, and but some of it is 30 and 40, and if you go further, 50 feet out. And they're swimming out there and having a great time and throwing water at each other's faces. And But before you know it, Lizzie looks off, and she sees deep in the water... It's probably 30 feet long, this white, and I'm going to be honest with you kids, it looks just like a great white shark. Do you know what a great white shark is? They are the largest, meanest sharks you ever want to meet in a dark alley. Okay, you'll never do that, but you never want to find one in the ocean. And... He quick, she, she brings it to Caleb's attention as it goes past some 30 feet away, deep in the water, and Caleb begins to blow his whistle. You know, all camp counselors, by the way, have whistles, right? Um, because they can't all do like this and, and whistle. And so he calls them in, and then another one comes by, and he's not sure if this white, great white shark is circling or if it's another one, but they quickly bring them inside, into the boat. They're all safe. Well, can you imagine that? swimming near a great white shark. Well, they gather the kids together and dry them off, and they head back into the cove. That evening, after dinner, Caleb gives his first talk. And in this first talk, he talks about the background of the pirates in the Caribbean and and how they had uh, gained so much treasures and how the U.S. and 
American Navy had pushed them out and conquered them and such, and, and just bringing some analogies to this, kind of giving a backdrop now of the entire month that these kids would be at camp, an entire month. Wouldn't that be awesome? Kids aged from 6 to 16. After the talk, Mr. Jorge Sanchez approaches Caleb and he says, Caleb, do you have a minute? And Caleb says, sure I do. He says, well, I wanted to just ask you something about this because all of this that you're talking about, and by the way, I think you did a great job, but it assumes one thing, and that is that there's a God. And Caleb said, yes, it really does. It assumes that there is a God. And, and Jorge said, I just wrestle with that idea that there is a God because I have been through so much in my life and it's really hard for me to believe that there is a God like that you, you talk about tonight. And Caleb says, well, I tell you what, do you have time right now? I'd like to share two quick things with you. Can I do that? But I have to go be with my brother and sister as, as we head on. But two things real quickly. And he's, and so Jorge sits down and, and they're talking and Caleb says, first thing I want to share with you is this principle. Something can never come from nothing. Think about that, Jorge. Something can never come from nothing. Now, there was a water bottle one of the kids had left, and so he hands it to Jorge, and he says, Jorge, I want you to hold this. And so Jorge holds it, and he says, I want to ask you this question. How long do you think you would have to hold that jar, that bottle with the lid screwed on nice and tightly now? How long do you have to hold that bottle before something like, let's say, a frog would appear in that jar? And he, he said, well, that, that's a little silly. Obviously, frogs don't suddenly appear in bottles. He says, well, no, 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 no. I'm saying give it a lot of time. More than a week, more than a year. How about a million years? Or better, how about a billion or 10 billion years? Assuming you could even live that long. How long would you have to hold that jar before a frog appeared? And he said, well, that would just never happen. And then Caleb said, you're exactly right, because something can never come from nothing. But can I share something else with, with you? Just real quickly, because I've, I've got to go here in a minute. But I want you to imagine the picture that Leonardo da Vinci painted called the Mona Lisa. And when you look at that painting, do you, are you certain that it was painted by a painter? What if someone said that they just found it in the ocean and that the chemicals of the ocean produced it? He said, well, that's silly. Obviously, it was painted. And he said, now I want you to imagine that the real lady, and by the way, I don't know who it was. Maybe I should. But the real lady who posed for the Mona Lisa were standing here right now. Would you say that she was created, that she had a designer, and... Jorge looked up at him and said, well, I'm not sure because I don't believe there is a creator. He said, but you believe that a painting had a painter and this woman would be so much more complex than a painting. And he thought about that and he said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to consider what you're saying. 
And Caleb said, but I want to ask you this. I want to challenge you that if there is a creator, and as you're thinking through these questions, if there's a creator, he created you with a purpose. And if just like a potter, he creates a pot with a purpose. And I believe God created you for a purpose. Listen, it's great talking with you, Jorge. I'm looking forward to some other time when you have a chance. We have a chance to talk, okay? You have a good evening. And off they parted. Boys and girls, I want to ask you a question today. Do you believe that God created you? Because let's understand, there are some people that don't believe that there's a God. Can you believe that? But the Bible says that there is a God. And it's so clear when God, God truly did create you, but I want you to know that God created you with a purpose. He created you with a purpose in mind. And that purpose is going to be amazing. And that purpose is first of all to have a relationship with Him. And then that, that, from that relationship, it is to do things like serving mom, dad, friends. Loving them. God has a purpose for your life. How sad many people in this world don't realize that there is any purpose for their life at all. I want you to know, and I know that you're young, but I want you to know God has a, an incredibly loving purpose for your life. And he's going to show you as time unfolds, he's going to help you discover what that purpose is. But you're here for a reason. Awesome.